This is Stu Epperson from the Truth Talk podcast, connecting current events, pop culture, and theology. And we're so grateful for you that you've chosen the Truth Podcast Network. It's about to start in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, and please share it around with all your friends. Thanks for listening, and thanks for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. When I was a little girl and our house caught on fire, I'll never forget the look on my father's face as he gathered me in his arms and rushed to the burning building on the pavement. And I stood there, shivering in my pajamas, and watched the whole world go up in flames. And when it was all over, I said to myself, is that all there is? Welcome to the Christian Car Guy radio show. I say this calls for action and now. I wake up in the morning and I wonder why If you're a perceptive, not deceptive, (laughs) perhaps if you're perceptive, you go, ah, Robbie, this show's about big questions. You're exactly right. So where and who do you go to with your big questions? That's the question today on the Christian Car Guy show. Who, most specifically, do you go to with your Big questions. And you might have recognized that was Peggy Lee, actually. Did you see that, Scott? Yes. At yes. the very beginning, Big that fan. was her her song was Is That All There Is? And that was actually the old intro to Is That All There Is, which that's a big question. And then Skeeter Davis with, you know, the end of the world. <laughs> which I don't know that I've ever liked the end, the name of that song, yeah, but nonetheless, I've always liked the song, you know? Yeah. And so your big question may be today, Robbie, you know, when are we going to have another episode of Christian Car Guy Theater's Plymouth Progress? Well, if that's your big question, we have a big answer for you today. In the fourth segment, we have got the last episode. Well, not the, no, it's not even close to the last episode. It's the next episode of a Plymouth Progress. And oh man, we get to hear today about Sedona Shame. I bet you've been wondering about Sedona, haven't yeah. you, Scott? So oh, yeah. it's, it's pretty good stuff. <laughs> or your big question may be, Robbie, what Hebrew letter is bringing us to show today? I mean, as always, Christian Car Guy Show is brought to you by Hebrew letter. And so you're, you may be wondering, Robbie, what letter might that be today? Such suspense. <laughs> well... It's brought to you today by the letter Mem, one of my absolute favorite uh, Hebrew letters. And, of course, we're going to go into all that. So who do you go to with the big questions? I mean, nothing like having someone you can trust and who you feel like has the answer, right, Scott? 
That's right. So it should be God. It's, it's simple, but it's not so simple, is it? Not so, always. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, in, in the Mem section of the 119th Psalm, you may not be shocked to know that's where I'm going, but in the Mem section of the 119th Psalm, there is a clue that's in Hebrew that you won't see in English. And the you may know that all the verses in the 119th Psalm start with the letter that of the of Hebrew alphabet, you know, as, the, as it goes through it, it, you know, essentially the aleph tub so yeah. going from the beginning of the alphabet to the end so when you get to the mem section you got eight verses that all start with a mem yeah and, and so you may even know the beginning of the mem section because oh how i love thy laws the way that that right. begins in english but that word is not what it sounds like oh it's actually what they call an interrogative pronoun and the word in hebrew if I could say it for you, Scott, it's it's ma, 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 ma. <laughs> just ma without the mama. So if you hear that ma sound, that's a mem, right? And it starts yep. the word Messiah, so it, it it means Christ in so many different ways. It start it starts the word king in Hebrew is just Malik, yep. which is not surprising, and, and it also you know, is meant the, t- to be the living water and all these other things that mm-hmm. have to do with that. So if you looked at the mem and then you looked at the second letter of the word ma, it is the mem expressed. It's a hey. So you got the mem expressed is actually what they call in grammar speak. Now, I know I don't necessarily speak grammar speak, but I, I've, I've been looking at this because it's so cool to me that in grammar speak, there's something called an interrogative pronoun. And cool. an interrogative pronoun is what the big questions are. So who, what, how, you know, what we, we heard. The five W's. <laughs> right. Those are the big questions. And so he starts the psalm with that, you know, oh, how I love the law. Well, he's actually giving us a how which is an interrogative pronoun saying, where do I go to get these answers? Where do you think? Our Father. Jesus, right. That's right. And and then interestingly, when you get down to the seventh verse, similarly, he says, how sweet to my word. So again, it starts with this interrogative pronoun saying, this is where my answers are coming from. In both cases, the word of God, right? Because he's saying... To begin with, oh, how I love thy law. Well, he's saying, oh, here, here's where my hard questions are. And he's saying it again when he says, you know, how sweet is the word? Same kind of thing. Brilliant. Again, going, right? Yeah. And, and so it's cool. That it's almost new that, okay, when you get to the mem section, we're going to get to the big questions. And we're going to get to the big answers. But more than that, practically, really practically, how does that play out in your life? What do you do when you have this big, huge question and you want to ask it? What does that look like? So I was going to share my story and hope that you guys will share yours as we go through the show today. Today is the Jesus Labor Love Week. So we have Scott, our Jesus Labor Love volunteer with us here today. We're so excited to have him here. But let me just share this story that actually shortly before I came to Christ, 
I had a big question, but I, my, and my wife had taken me to a sermon where I learned how I could answer, get big questions answered. I'd, I'd gone, even though I was not a Christian, I'd gone to the First Presbyterian Church in Greensboro, and there Pastor Redhead shared what I call the five slamma jamma cat's pajama prayer, which was simply you pretend in your mind that Jesus is sitting next to you, you throw the question out there, and then you sit there and listen. Ah, that's an interesting thing to pray. He said you have two ears and one mouth. That ratio is there for a reason. You're supposed right. to listen twice as much as you talk. So God knows what your question is. Lay it out there and listen. A- and so at that time, um, I was the general manager of Crown Dodge in Greensboro. And the dealership had tanked. We were selling no cars. Wow. Our customer satisfaction rate was, which was on a 4.0 scale, was like 1.8, as I recall, a solid F. Not good. <laughs> and I really thought it was the end of my career. Wow. And I, I, when I got that CSI report, and I knew we had like 10 cars out by the, I, I thought this is the end of Robbie Dilmore as a general manager. For I'd worked all these years to get to this position. Now I'm going to lose it all. Hmm. And I didn't have any answers, like, what's it all about? So I'd heard about this prayer. So I go out to a field, true story, Scott, and I lay down and just listen. And I try to get quiet and listen for God. And I fall asleep. And then <laughs> when I get home, my wife is mad, my boss is mad because I hadn't been there. I got all these trouble, you know. What's... And I got up the next morning, Saturday morning, and I prayed again. Even though I didn't know Jesus to pray to him, I just knew that, this is what I was supposed to do. Yeah. And in my spirit, I heard these words, and I've never forgotten them, and they changed everything, and they changed everything to this day. What he said was, because I was listening, he said, you know, Robbie, when it's all said and done, it won't matter how many cars you sell, and, and it won't matter what your customer satisfaction rating is. What will matter is how many people you really help. How profound. <laughs> so I caught <laughs> it was as soon yeah. as I got it, I was like, oh my goodness. Oh, that's 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 what I'm doing. And so I, I went to the dealership that Saturday morning, called a sales meeting on Saturday morning, which we never did. And I immediately told the guys, look, guys, we are gonna quit trying to sell cars. We're gonna quit all that stuff. What we're gonna do is we're going to help people. And I don't care if we gotta take them to the Nissan store to help them or tell them they don't need to buy a car because they're too far in debt, we are going to help people. That's what we're going to do. Wow, how radical. It was. Yeah. And it changed everything. Absolutely. So the question is for you to call is, I would love to know what was your big question and how did Jesus answer it? 866-348-7884. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. If you got a problem, don't care what it is. If you need a hand, I can assure you this. I can help. I got two strong arms. I can help. It would sure do me good to do you good. Let me help. So who do you go to with the big questions, and how do you go about doing that today on the Christian Car Guys show? 
Obviously, a lot of folks have got issues with their cars. And interestingly, it, it's been for years and years, even this week. You know, I get those questions. What do I do with this? And it's, so, but who do you go to with the bigger questions? You know, those that, that you're really struggling with in your life. And how do you go about doing that? I would love to hear your story. 866-348-7884. It was quite clear that the psalmist, King David, probably went to the Word of God, right, for those questions. Absolutely. And that's what he's illustrating, which if you go to Jesus, you're going to the Word. <clears throat> it, it works both. It's it's both and. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's, it's a really cool thing. And we were talking during the break that, you know, the whole idea of the Jesus labor love came from this, that God gave me years ago. It, you know, it doesn't matter how many cars you sell or what your customer satisfaction rating is. It only matters how many people you really help. Absolutely. And that word help inside of Hebrew, <coughs> I'm sorry, my throat is going to play with my lisinopril right this minute, but inside that word is this idea of caring. I, you know, when, when the, the first time you find the word help in the Bible, it has to do with, you know, God wanted to find Adam a helpmate, right? And, and, and so that idea of Eve, but in that word helpmate, Ezer, is this idea of God cares. And, right. and, and he is going to do something to step in to assist because he cares. And, and that's, that's a big part of the big question is it God? Do you do you see what I'm going through here? You know, it's, and 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 the, and the point is that yes, He does see. And I'll never forget. I I do another show called Lantern Rescue, and and there was this, and it it deals with victims of sex trafficking, and this poor girl had been molested as a small child, actually tied up in a. It was just horrible, horrible, horrible to hear it. Okay, and as I was doing the interview. But I'll, I'll never forget the cry of her heart and what she said when she was looking up at this guy trying to figure out what in the world she had those big questions. And her big question was, does anybody care? Does anybody care? Wow. And, and ultimately, does God care? Mm. Right? What yeah. I'm going through. Right. And so, you know, that is what the Jesus Labor Love was started about, right? It right. was... We want to just, you know, and sometimes <laughs> we help through prayer and sometimes we help through financial means and yeah. sometimes we help with cars, but you know, that's, that's where that came from. And so, uh, you know, we would love again to hear how God helped you out. 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. And uh, we got lots of lines lit up. We got Mrs. J. Is um, you're on the Christian Car Guy show. Good morning. Hi. Hey. I'm I'm trying to say hi to Mr. Scott and to you, Mr. Bowie. Oh well, thank you. Good thank morning. You. <laughs> um, so um, another opportunity to um, give the glory to God again. We appreciate it. So tell us your story. Uh, well, let's see. I was, uh, I think I 
shared many times, but I'm not sure if I shared it up here before, but um, I was in sin with a Jehovah Witness. I was studying with the, um, was it Mormons, I believe it was. Yeah, and they were coming in my home studying, um, you know, teaching me their way. And I had just came from the shelter, and I found my new place, and I said I would um, give my life to God, whoever he was. <laughs> I didn't really know him that well at the time. And so while I was there, and I was, I was six months in studying with the Mormons and doing sin with the Jehovah Witness, and I cried out to God um, because it was like the last result. I had asked everybody I knew questions and this, and nobody could give the answer. Um, so I cried out to God, and I said, Who, um, if you're really out there, the one who created heaven and earth, the man who made man in his own image, you're going to have to prove yourself to me in, in, in my life. And um, and he did. <laughs> and he did in such a way where he showed me that I was um, in sin, studying with the wrong people, and um, he gave me the scripture, and I think it was in Second um, or Third John, um, about to the elect lady and her children. It says that anyone come to you preaching or teaching any other gospel to um, other than the gospel of Jesus Christ, the fact that he died and rose again is of the Antichrist. Wow. Don't even, wow. Um, let them in, don't even let them in your home. So this was very profound to me, and I had to tell um, the the, <laughs> the uh, person that came through um, next time they were coming to my home that I could no longer let you um, teach me just because this way wasn't the right way. And I showed them in the Word of God where God had given that to me because I was so... I was just so blown away by him answering that question for me, and I knew that was the right answer. And I eventually had to tell the guy that I, <laughs> that I was in sin with that I was no longer going to be around with him, and he could not understand that. Mm. So, but um, that 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 was one of the ways that um, um, it turned my life around, you know. Mm. And I really believe, you know, by asking God that question, and he and he brought that answer to me. And I still give that scripture to other women other men, you know, you know, that are still seeking. Yeah, isn't that cool? Really wow. Did. How he gives you that scripture yeah. that you need, right? Mm. That <laughs> It's all there. I, I think it's absolutely. I, mean, I couldn't believe it. You should have saw their faces when, um, when I showed it to them. I mean, he looked like he turned into a demon right then and there. I was kind of scared. And he slammed the door running out. And then they kept calling much later Um you know, um, that I was deceived and all that, but I I was free. I was set free. Wow. Well, I am and so, um, I thank wow. God for that. I am so glad you called in thank today you for thank sharing. You. Yes, God I, bless you. I hear the heart of a teacher. Yes, by all means. So, what's your story? We would love to hear yours. We just got one segment before the Christian Car Guy Theater, so we need you to call now 866 348 7884. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. If you got a problem, don't care what it is. You need a hand, I can assure you this. I can help. I got two strong arms, I can help. It would sure do me good to do you good. Let me help. Who do you go to with the big who do you go to with the big questions today on the Christian Car Guy show and 
Of course, that idea of help has to do with our Jesus labor love, the car repair labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis. And we do have that opportunity to help people around the country with this stuff every day. And Scott is our lead volunteer, makes most of those phone calls. And uh, we've had another big month, of course. December always is for the Jesus Labor Love. Absolutely, a lot of a lot of need out there in the month of December. Always, it seems like, and it's really really cool that we get a chance to help like we do. But you know what's really just kind of blew me away this December was the people that were helping us. I Absolutely. mean, <laughs> yeah. So I found out, and I I I I knew that that we had the you know, a Facebook account and I knew that, that people could donate through it, but I didn't realize actually until I was made aware that a bunch of people were doing this for their birthday. And so they were doing a fundraiser for the Jesus labor love. And yes, we're on Facebook under Jesus labor love. And they had done these fundraisers for their birthday and, and one, um, raised $200 for us, um, this, um, in December, and so, yeah, we got all this, you know, different people praying for us all the time, which is wonderful. And, and clearly where our help really does come from. And, and then, you know, so many different ways that people um, reach out and help us. And we're so grateful for every Absolutely. The last one of them. But we're also grateful for people who need help. And, and so, you know, those who have the courage to say, hey, I, you know, can you give me a hand here? Yeah. And, and so we're grateful for an opportunity to do that. Well, we have... Sheila Harris is in, looks like Glendale, North Carolina. Sheila, you're on the Christian Car Guy. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Sheila. Good morning. So tell us. I am calling. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. You're calling. Hi, I'm calling in from Lindale, North Carolina. That's about an uh, hour away from Charlotte. And um, my daughter is a two-time brain tumor survivor in her uh, a division of services of the blind because she lost her sight at uh, 17. She's 20 now, but she mm. lost her sight when the cancer affected her optic nerves the second time around. And uh, she's new to blindness, so... Uh, we, uh, I had purchased a car on my own, and um, I come to find out the car had a bad motor, and I did not know it. So mm. uh, we're trying to do the necessary things to try to keep it going as much as possible to get as you know as much out of it as we can. Um, so uh, my uh, daughter's uh, vocational worker counselor. Uh, uh, put us in contact with uh, Scott, thank God, and we have been uh, conversing with him. And um, yesterday I went, I, I found out I needed three tires and um, a headlamp in order to get it inspected. And so uh, I was uh, blessed enough to find a local place to get the tires, and I, I was blessed again to be able to find some used tires because they're uh, becoming obsolete now. And um Thank God that uh, Scott was able to uh, pay for them, and I uh, thank God for you all's ministry. Uh, we have put been we've been put also been put on the uh, the donation list uh, for a vehicle, and we're very uh, excited about that because we didn't even know that there was a 
such a thing as a donation list. So we uh, felt we're really grateful for the doors that we we feel that are being open for us. And uh, we met Scott. We prayed with him. He is just such an awesome guy because he has a full schedule. He has a life also, and he works around his life in order to help other people with their life. And that is what makes the world go around because that's what God commands us to do, love each other. That's all he asks for us to do is love each other. And in loving each other, helping each other, is loving each other. So we are just so grateful that we have made contact with such a godly person and such a godly uh, way to help us, you know, be able to try to go go to church to be able to help my daughter who is uh, trying to get her own ministry because she helped and she is uh, such an inspiration to so many people. I cannot go out anywhere and uh, not even on a day where someone would not come up to me and tell me how my daughter Alasia has inspired them, even though she's a young lady, and they're uh, seasoned, have inspired them to go back and do volunteer work, has inspired them to get up and get up out of their depression. And they say, if my daughter can do this and she's blind, I can do this, and I'm not blind. It makes them feel better. It encourages them, and it encourages us to be able to yeah, do wow. better. Yeah, wow. Well, thank you for your kind words, Sheila. What is your daughter's name? Malaysia. Malaysia? Malaysia. With an M? Malaysia with a W. Okay, yeah. And does she yes, live there sir. with you, uh, Sheila? Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. She has a a Facebook page of God's Blind Life. Really? Uh, it used to be, yes, it used to be Wallace's Warriors, but when she lost her sight, I told her this uh, this December that we're changing the page to God's Blind Life because she walks by sight, by faith, and not by sight. So we changed it uh, last week to God's Blind Life, and she has a Facebook page, and uh, she's going to start back doing her um uh, her inspirational uh, uh, speaking, and uh, and when you know the pandemic has put a damper on that, but uh, she recently got to go back to her dream uh, job at a uh, hospice. She was volunteering there when she uh, when she lost her sight three years ago, and they told her that she couldn't come back until she got a guide, and which that crushed her, and which she she took it good. You know, uh, but it, I know it crushed her because that was her dream job. And her cousin, which is a retired school teacher, Miss Helen Love, she uh, she reached out and said that she would uh, volunteer to be her guide so she could come back to her job. So as of October, uh, she's been blessed to be able to go back to her dream job at administration in hospice. So, you know, uh, that just made everything complete for her because she, she, you know, she loves them. They're a family to her. They respect her. They take care of her. So, um, you know, God is just. Yeah, that is. So she, she works in administration there in the hospice in, in Lawndale? Uh, the hospice is in Shelby. Okay. Uh, uh, Wendover, Wendover Heights Hospice. And the administrator, Miss Myra McGinnis, she fell in love with Wallasia, uh when she read her first article. Uh, yes, she's a star. You Google Wallasia Vinson, V is in Victor, I-N-S-O-N, 
you'll uh, it'll tell most of her our journey. She's a, yeah, she's a little star here. We're gonna do an <laughs> update on her. Yeah. <laughs> so can you kind of share with us what what she does for hospice specifically? Uh, yes. Uh, go ahead. What does she tell me what you do? Yeah, what a wonderful yeah. thing. We're so grateful yes, for your so call, good. Sheila, yeah. and we're so yeah. grateful for mm-hmm. for your daughter as well and the opportunity that God's given him. Now you got some tires, and, and we got you on the list, hopefully, to get another car. And so uh, we'll just continue to pray. And I know a lot of listeners are going to pray yeah. that God will open up a lot of doors Thank for you, you guys. Thank you so much for calling in this morning, Sheila. Yes, God bless. Thank you, and thank you all for listening. We love you all. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, I think, is this, uh, Miss Ward, you're still with us? Well, she she dropped off, so we'd had another call, but they're they're gone. But the idea of, you know, these big questions, it's really, really a beautiful thing that sometimes— I think Scott, many times, I guess more times than probably anything, God will show me things in his word that have to do with the big questions. And that's why that beautiful thing in the 119th Psalm, when you look in the 97th verse is the mem, and and, and we had talked about the fact that it's an acrostic, and so all these letters kind of guide us into where Jesus is taking us. And so what better way to go than to turn to the word and to Jesus and so now we're going to turn to Christian Car Guy Theater in a minute where you get to hear the next episode of A Plymouth's Progress. So we're so grateful that you called today. We're so grateful for your listening. And remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went, got it all done in 33 years. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Time for Christian Car Guy Theater with today's episode, A Plymouth Progress, episode 23. Now, Jimmy saw in his dream that Plymouth Valiant and Plymouth Fury Faithful continued on the way to the Celestial City, still sharing their adventures in the way. Did you meet anyone else in that valley? Yes, I met Sedona Shame, but of all the other cars that I passed in my Plymouthage, He, I think, bears the wrong name. Other sedans would leave me after I would argue with them for a while, but this bold-faced shame would never have left me. Hmm. Why? What did he say to you? What? Why, he objected against religion itself. He said it was a pitiful, low, sneaking business for a sedan to consider religion. He said that a tender conscience was an unsedanly thing to have and that for a sedan to watch over his words and ways so as to keep himself from his rightful liberty to bully other sedans. Well, he said, 
That would be robbing himself of the natural privilege of bullying that the courageous spirits of other sedans of the times are used to doing. It is their privilege to bully and stand up for what they want, he said. He objected also that but a few of the mighty, rich, or wise were ever of my religious opinion. He was also quick to point out that most of the Plymouth pilgrims are disreputable, powerless, and poor. He said that those who follow the way are out of step with the times in which they live, proving their ignorance and lack of understanding in all natural science. He said also that religion makes a sedan unable to associate with great sedans, who will tolerate and accept their few vices and he called their vices by fine, respectable names, and made his own vices as inconsequential as well, and he said all the truly great sedans who thought like him were a great religious fraternity. And is not this, he said, a shame? And what did you say to him? Say? Well, at first, I did not know what to say. Yes, he put my mind in such a spin that the blood rushed to my head. Oh, yes, this Adona shame almost silenced me. But at last, I began to consider a thought from the good book, which said, That which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination to God. And I thought again, this shame was telling me what sedans are but it tells me nothing about God or what the Word of God says. And I thought, moreover, that on the Day of Judgment, we will not be doomed to death or life according to these harassing spirits who try to torture us. They are bullying spirits of the world, but we will be judged according to the wisdom and law of the Most High God. Therefore, I thought, what God says is best. Oh, indeed, is best, though all the sedans in the world are against it. I understood then that God prefers God's religion. God prefers a tender conscience and approves of those who make themselves fools for the kingdom of heaven, because the way God sees his religion, these fools for Christ are wisest, and a poor sedan that loves Christ is richer than the greatest, richest sedan in the world that hates him. So I had the courage to rebuke Shame, and said, Sedona Shame, depart from me. Thou art an enemy to my salvation. Shall I ever consider your argument, Shame, against my sovereign Lord? If I did that, how could I look at my precious Savior in the face at his coming? But indeed, this Sedona Shame was a bold villain. I could hardly get him to leave me alone. Yea, he would haunt me and continually whisper at me in my radio somehow, with some of the inconveniences or uncomfortable choices we have to make in order to be true to God's religion. But at last I told him it was useless to try to tempt me any further in this business as he kept taunting me about those things that he despised, because in those instructions by God did I see the most glory. And so at last 
I got past this persistent Sedona Shame SUV. And when I had shaken him off, well, I couldn't help myself. I just had to sing. The trials that those sedans do meet with all, that are obedient to the heavenly call, are manifold and suited to the flesh, and come and come and come again afresh. That now or sometimes else we by them may be taken, overcome, and cast away. Oh, let the Plymouths, let the Plymouths pilgrims stand, be vigilant, and drive themselves like sedans. I am glad, my brother, that you stood up to this villain so bravely. And I think, as you said, I think he has the wrong name. Because Sedona Shame is so bold as to follow us in the streets and to attempt to put us to shame before all sedans, that is, to make us ashamed of that which is good. But if he were not himself audacious, he would never attempt to do as he does. But let us still resist him, for notwithstanding all his bragging, he is the promoter of the fool and none else. The wise shall inherit glory, said Solomon, but fools get disgrace. I think we must cry out to our god, for help against Sedona shame. Well, what you say is true. For we know our god would want us to be champions for the truth in our earth pilgrimage. But let me ask you, Faithful, did you meet anybody else in that valley? No, not I. For I had sunshine all the rest of the way through that. And also through the valley of the shadow of death. Well, I'm glad it went well for you. It did not go so well with me. As soon as I entered the Valley of Humiliation, I had dreadful combat with that foul fiend Apollyon, yay! And I thought, verily, he would have killed me, especially when he got me down and crushed me under him as if he would have crushed me to pieces. For as he threw me down, my sword flew out of my hand. Nay, he told me he was sure of his victory over me, but I cried to God, and he heard me and delivered me out of all my troubles. Then I entered into the Valley of Shadow of Death and had no light for almost halfway through it. I thought I should have been killed there over and over. And at last day broke and the sun rose. And I went through the rest of the valley with far more ease and quiet. Tune in soon for another exciting adventure in the Plymouth Progress. Now here's Danny Dipstick and Randy Radiator to review today's episode. <laughs> Randy. Shock me once, shame on you. Shock me twice, that's revolting. <laughs> yeah, Daddy, that is revolting. <laughs> yeah, Daddy, it's a shame nothing is built in the USA anymore. I just bought a TV and it said built in antenna. <laughs> I don't even know where that is. <laughs> oh, boy. And you know, Daddy, one of my favorite parts about today's episode is that when after he's feeling all these feelings of shame, he said, then I began to sing. Oh boy, you know that shame can be such a heavy weight that it's almost like, it's almost like we're walking around in mourning. You know, when someone passes away, we feel so heavy and depressed and upset, but boy, 
when we start to sing and we turn our eyes on Jesus, he promises to turn our mourning into dancing again. <laughs> so that's what I do. I start to sing. <laughs> yeah, Daddy. All right, Daddy. I got a couple of them for you today. Okay. Okay, here's one. Uh, it was really scary just the other day. I, my office was evacuated after we heard Boogie Wonderland on the radio. <laughs> Because, you know, it set off the earth, wind, and fire alarm. Oh, boy! Oh, boy! Say goodbye, Daddy! <laughs> See you later, Radiator! This is the Truth Network.